Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to What You Need to Know, GMA3, and it's Friday Eve. Oh. <laughs> Who's looking forward to the weekend? Uh, me? Yeah. yeah? Yes, of course. Of course we are. Welcome, everybody, to GMA3. What you need to know. Always good to see you. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. I am hype. Today, this week, last week rather, the gossip gods really smiled upon us, y'all, in ways we could have never imagined. I didn't even know that Good Morning America 3 was a thing, and yet here I am, invested. Let's get into it. We have so much to talk about. Starting off, we'll start off uh, with our girl of the week. It is going to... One Danity Kane member, uh, reality star to whoever will sign her, Aubrey OJ. Now, if you guys don't know, and I couldn't blame you for not hearing about this, Aubrey uh, recently got caught on Reddit within the past year or so for her social media antics. She got caught photoshopping herself like scammer style, like Tinder swindler style, photoshopping herself in these exotic locations, these gorgeous vacation spots, like typical like Instagram shit. But people were like, girl, I've seen this picture before. And the original person was not you. Like, and even on top of that, the Photoshop isn't great. Not really great. So, um, since then... People have been clowning the fuck out of Aubrey, and she has said that in response to this, that her Instagram is art. It is art. It is a way for her to deliver the art to the amount of people who have been asking for it, apparently. Um, here's the thing. I really have great news for Aubrey. You don't have to do this. I'm pretty sure that not anybody is looking to your Instagram for art, for true artistic, um, I don't even know what it is that you're photoshopping yourself into these locations that are fake would constitute as art. I'm not sure, but free yourself. Nobody wants it. Nobody needs it. I'm, I don't think anybody asked for it. So like, you don't have to put the pressure on yourself for something that nobody wanted in the first place, you know? So Aubrey went on Tamron Hall and her response to all of this backlash is, You don't see me on there, meaning my Instagram, with my regular friends, my dogs, and my home. I don't belong to the people. I don't belong to others. And then she said that her personal life is hers, and that's why she hasn't uh, gone off the deep end or turned on to something. 
as a lot of famous people do. It might be debatable, but she goes, when you see things like this, if you guys can agree, I'm making art. I don't need to be flown places, let alone the fact that a lot of the shots I give y'all are in places that you have to spend hours sailing mountains to get to. Most of these places are like pools. So, you know. And then she goes, respect my aesthetic. I work hard to give y'all beautiful content that feels the way the places that I travel vibrate because I want y'all to vibrate high with me. (laughs) Who? Who, baby? (laughs) And why? Okay. What a delight. Danity Kane. Damage was a bop. We have to agree. Showstopping? We in the car? Drive slow? We do the things that the boys don't do? Girl. Well, that was a hit. And we can't deny that. But this... Aubrey. Isn't there like a VH1 show that you can get on at this point? Like, Love and Hip Hop. San Diego. I, you know, something. I feel like you could be doing something else. Anyway, let's move on to our hell yeah of the week. This is going out to uh, Slut. Yeah, I called you that. Kevin Hunter. Uh, formerly husband of one queen, Wendy Williams. Okay, so according to the U.S. Sun, uh, Kevin filed some documents with the state um, saying that his monthly alimony payments ended in February of 22, and he has requested that the court order Wendy's guardian to make payments as contractually required under the MSA and severance agreement. So he says that he's in such dire financial straits that he's facing foreclosure and says, I've fallen behind on most of my bills. I currently live in a community that requires payments to the homeowners association and I'm behind on that bill. If the homeowners association fees are not paid, foreclosure will soon follow. Then he goes on to say, my car insurance hasn't been paid as a result of not receiving monthly severance payments. I'm behind on credit card payments because I have no money since the severance payments were suspended. My life has been greatly affected since the plaintiff stopped making payments under our settlement agreement. (sighs) Okay. First of all, no sympathy. No sympathy for this man that you couldn't keep your shit together for four months. Before everything fell apart, you've been scamming off of this woman that you cheated on and completely disrespected and abused for years, um, stealing money from her and like living high off the hog off of her talent, drive, energy. Like you weren't bringing anything to the table, sir. I watched that Lifetime documentary. You were just like a club dude, like a guard, a lackey. And you really came up. You and those wigs really came up, sir. So for the fact that, like, you're a grown-ass man who now has a child, lest we not forget to take care of, a minor, um, and a wife. Are they together? I think they're together. I don't know if they're married. But, you know, you've got these obligations that you chose to make your obligations when you were, like, you know, buying her a house and posting up there, right? So the fact that you couldn't keep your shit together for four months, you fucking loser. Loser! So Wendy's attorney responded to the court filing saying that Wendy hasn't had income since the talk show ended. So she said, uh, as of October 15th of 2021, um, Wendy was informed by Talk WW, which is the people who do uh, her show, that her contract was being suspended and that no compensation shall accrue or be payable to Wendy for the duration of Wendy's disability or incapacity, right? So... They also said that according to the divorce agreement that Wendy had with Kevin, this was part of the stipulation that if she lost her job and she did not find a job that compensated her uh, similarly, that that, those alimony payments were null and void. So, you know, that's really on you, my guy. Like, I, I mean, bro, he should be a millionaire. He should be a millionaire. There's no reason why in four months you should be this broke. Like that is why that's fiscally irresponsible. Like we have to come on, bro, bro. So anyway, you know, like this is a bad situation. I need Wendy back to talk about so many things. Every time something really good happens, I'm like, God, I wish that purple chair, I wish she would just tiptoe over there and and really get into it and light a um, Slim Jim on fire and like with their mouth and like really talk about it. I I wish that I do, but 
the silver lining to this is that, you know, now Kevin's the broke loser that he always should have been this whole time. So, yeah, schadenfreude. Um, for those of you who have been asking, yes, I did see the Meghan and Harry Netflix documentary trailer. Uh, Absolutely, am I going to be covering it? Um, my thing is, I didn't want to talk about it on Instagram because I've already been down that road of having to uh, block people for saying some dumb shit. People that I knew were followers and listeners of this podcast, full knowing full well that there's a whole black woman behind this voice and said some wildly racist things about Megan. Like I'm still shocked about it. So with that being said, I didn't want to post it on Instagram because I, I just don't have the time. I'm protecting my piece and I'm protecting Megan's. And you know, I just, I just didn't have the time to like really get into people's asses about her at the time. But yes, I did see it. I'm so excited. I don't think there's an official date yet coming soon. I'm assuming it's going to be like Christmas or maybe like first thing January, but yeah. Definitely we'll be talking about that. Um, and with that, let's get to <laughs> the thing that I've been most excited to talk to you guys about. The Good Morning America 3 affair disaster. I mean, the hits keep on coming. I can't believe that this story has had, it's like five years in the making as it comes out. <laughs> Every time an article comes out, it's, this story has goes further and further back and I'm living, I'm absolutely living for it. So yeah, let's talk about it. My journey with this whole story, probably like many of you began with the pictures, the collage of the fairly high quality, um, almost reminiscent of Kristen Stewart and Rupert, whatever the fuck his name is, cheating pictures from 10 years ago. We The cycle's coming back. We were due up for another one, right? So we're seeing all these high quality pictures of a man um, gr- lovingly grazing a pretty tiny yet perky cheek, you know, as she's getting things out of the trunk. We have um, pictures of them having the time of their fucking lives at a bar in Midtown, each enjoying Estella and just like giggling, kikiing away. She is belly to the bar. Uh, giggling, dude. Like living. He is whispering in her ear. Somebody on Twitter said, listen, um, that was it. We'll get into it. I, girl, girl. Okay. So I'm like, okay, first I'm interested What's going on here? Let's click on that, right? Oh, okay, they happen to be Good Morning America anchors, so they're co-workers. Okay. I'm, I'm listening. My ears are perked. Oh, they were both married? Oh. Oh, this one was married to Andrew Shue from Melrose Place? Okay. Now we're cooking with gas here. So, here we have Amy Roback and TJ Holmes. Two pretty attractive, standard-issued morning show hosts, right? They host GMA3, like I said before. Didn't even know that was a thing. The networks are really stretching out the morning shows. Like, at this point, we're getting into 4.30. What's happening here? The initial story says, we're led to believe that TJ and Amy began their romance dalliance back in March, when they were both training for the NYC half marathon. So, like I said, Amy's been married to Andrew Shue. They'd been married for about 10 years. Uh, They had kids together. TJ had been married to this woman for about the same time, 10, 12 years. She's an immigration lawyer named Mary Lee Feebig. Feebig, possibly. F-I-E-B-I-G. Not sure. So we're led to believe, sorry, you guys, if you can hear, there's a lot of heterosexual men just in an absolute fervor over the world cup. So if you hear a rumble, that's what's happening. Um, so they're saying, okay, they're together in March and they broke up with their respective spouses in August. So they were trying to like, you know, in an act of professionalism, keep their romance quiet, but all these pictures came out and here we are now, right? You think that's the whole story? It's not, it gets messier. First of all, I need to know which one of you, Andrew, Mary Lee, which one of you hired this private investigator? Because how the fuck did they get pictures? High quality, like different locations. We're talking Midtown Manhattan. We're talking upstate New York. As a side note, as a New Yorker, I'm sure us fellow New Yorkers can agree that the fact that they were 
palling around in Midtown and upstate, like probably Hudson, uh, and also saying they're really trying to keep their relationship private, like, LOL. Okay, okay. (laughs) And for those of you who are not New Yorkers, Midtown is basically where all of the news stations are, like, more or less. So to see anchors there, like... People would know. Like, people know who you can expect in that type of neighborhood, right? So, also, upstate, like, where they were going is so their group of people. Like, we're talking, like, well-to-do people vacationing upstate on the weekend in, like, a lovely fall weekend, and you expect it not to be seen. Like, that is bonkers. So, according to reports, Andrew and Amy um, had been talking about divorce. They'd always had a rocky on and off relationship over the years. And this was sort of like, you know, a petering out of a relationship. They've filed for divorce. He moved out of their apartment uh, some, like, a couple months ago. Like, this has been inevitable for them. However, it seems very, very different for TJ and Mary Lee because uh, allegedly they had been actively reconciling when all of this came out. Like, recent, like she just found out when we found out, right? Well, that is not true. But they had been trying to reconcile in real time. We'll put it that way. So here's the thing. The troubles really began between TJ and Mary Lee like more than a decade ago because people found a Facebook post that TJ dedicated to Mary Lee and my God, it is like the worst thing. The worst. I'm going to read it to you guys. He wrote this March 1st, 2020. This particular hashtag decade challenge is a little late, but... Ten years ago, Marilee Feebig married me. And despite my best efforts, she remained married me to married to me the past ten years. That's not hyperbole. I'm not being dramatic. I gave her plenty of reasons, excuses, and opportunities to walk her fine ass out the door. That's eight O's. But instead, with her built-in black woman superpower, she showed a grace and patience that's incomprehensible. I uh, to put it the least. Time out here. Flag on the play, as they say. Um, There has been this overwhelming trend of men, especially black men, doing this sort of performative, I think I'm being very kind and like loving towards my partner, but I'm really exposing that I've been a shithead this whole time and that she's just had to put up with all my fuck shit, usually me cheating on her or I got somebody else pregnant or I was just like generally disrespectful to her in every possible way. And yet here this strong black woman is deciding to stay in this stupid relationship. Kudos. Now let me expose all this shit and embarrass her further. I mean, it is absolutely the man is sick. He goes on to say, asking her for another 10 years would be asking too much. You're damn right. (laughs) Another 10 months? That may even be a stretch. If she gave me another 10 weeks, I should consider myself lucky. If she puts up with me another 10 days, I'd be grateful. But if she would even spare another 10 minutes of her time for me today, I should consider myself blessed. This is Marilee Feebig Holmes, y'all. And I, TJ Holmes, do solemnly swear that I was her hashtag decade challenge. Blech. So then we can flash forward to... Mm, 2016 let's get into this it comes out that allegedly tj had a uh three-year relationship with another good morning america staffer i think she was also an anchor named natasha singh starting in 2016 um the wild thing about this is that amy his new girlfriend and natasha had their own friendship and actually that amy was the one that tj and natasha confided in about their affair so she was the one that they like told their shit to um another source says that maybe that's not true that like amy maybe didn't know about the affair until it was towards the end and that's when they told her but Um, So TJ and Natasha started off long distance because uh, Natasha, sorry, she was a producer. Is it the World Cup? That must be what's happening. (laughs) 
Um, because Natasha was a producer in LA and TJ was an anchor in New York. So he was just a correspondent at the time. So he was like truly um, just like, you know, she was, she was getting flued out and, and pop, pop, popped, if you will. Right. So Mary Lee found out about this affair three years into it. She discovered a bunch of emails that exposed the whole thing. So it's also worth mentioning that Mary Lee, TJ Holmes, soon to be ex-wife and Amy, his now girlfriend had their own friendship even because Amy, who had children prior to her relationship with Andrew, so she had, like, older kids, and she, those older daughter would babysit TJ and Marilee's kids. Like, that's how close they were. That's the amount of trust that she put in this woman. Yeah, your kid can babysit mine. Ooh, that is, ooh, that's deep. Apparently, the four of them would go on double dates together. Like, they were really kicking it. So then we find out that in 2017, Robin Roberts, queen that she is, found out that Amy and TJ were maybe starting their affair back then. And she approached both of them, or at least TJ, and said, yo, this isn't cool. Like, you need to cut it. So TJ freaks out. He goes to the higher ups to say, hey, we're definitely not doing anything. And I just want to make sure that you guys know that everything's above board. Like, nothing's happening. Why he would do this as he was actively fucking a correspond or a producer like the audacity to go to <laughs> you're already fucking somebody in the staff but you're worried about rumors dog so this source goes on to say that actually amy and tj's relationship kind of uh took a back seat because of the rumors they were so freaked out about it so now we get back to the women as rumors start flying about tj and amy getting back together again. Okay. So sorry, I should go back a little bit. So after the relationship with saying that ended in 2019, the pandemic starts in 2020 and TJ and Marilee decide to reconcile, right? Okay. So at that point, rumors start going around that Amy and TJ are getting together, but Marilee at this point is like, there's no, there's no way. Like there's, there's no possible way. She's still upset about the whole Natasha thing. She's like, we're friends. Her daughter's my daughter's babysitter. Like everything's fine. Right. Also, we're trying to reconcile. Right. So Marilee and Amy then fall out because after the whole affair gets exposed, Amy still remains friends with Natasha and Marilee gets pissed. She says she's looking on Instagram and seeing pictures of them hanging out together. And she's like, I don't understand. This is supposed to be my friend. And yet you're choosing the other woman instead of me. Right. So earlier this year, Amy starts getting closer to TJ. They are forming their own fr- friendship on their own. And she's like, mm, I'm really, really not liking this. And so she and Amy, effectively end their friendship so at this point now Marilee's like okay I think something might actually be going on between TJ and Amy so she's like they're hanging out they're going to bars together they're having random meetings in the middle of the day like something in the milk ain't clean so she's suspicious but they keep reconciling they're even reconciling up to August when they go on a birthday trip of TJ's to the Bahamas. So after they get back, he like, well, sorry, she sees a birthday card from Amy to TJ and the contents of it were like, she said too personal and said, everything comes back from the Natasha thing. She's like, that's it. I can't trust him. Right. So this is where we are now. Why the fuck he would play a lawyer a seemingly uh, fairly successful lawyer in New York, baby, you better hope <laughs> that Amy squirreled away some of that uh, that uh, Melrose Place money, DVD money, because, honey, you're about to be broke. Broke, five broke. Broke, five broke. I die for this. So they, of course, all this shit went down on Thursday. Well, mo- the, the first bit of it came down on Thursday. So Friday, everybody's like, oh shit, we got to watch Good Morning America, right? 
here they are on GMA3 being like, well, you heard it at the top of the the episode. So uh, it seems by all reports, they are not going to be losing their jobs. In fact, ABC is fucking loving this and their ratings, I'm sure, were way higher on Friday uh, than they've been probably ever for GMA3. That would be my amount. <laughs> that would be my assumption. Oh my God. We're so blessed. DJ is a little, ew, that man needs help. That man really needs help. Like, I think we're like, oh, haha, Kiki, this is funny. But like, this man is a serial cheater and a weirdo. <laughs> and like, let's not take away from that. <laughs> Shout out to Chica. She's a rapper. She tweeted, the Green Ant Bandits are having the year from hell. And it was TJ Holmes, Robin and Giselle. <laughs> and I can't remember who the fourth one was, but she was right. She was absolutely right. Oh my god. Okay, so you guys, the rest of the episode is going to be a recap of Winter House, so stick with me, I hope. If not, check you later. I could definitely see him and Lindsay getting married, for sure. I don't know, I just think it's kind of crazy. Why? Yeah. Seriously? Literally, the whole house is talking about it, so. Mm-hmm. What? Tell him. I... Tell him, then. Go on, girl. No, you've already said it, though. Said what? What have I said? Austin, I'm not trying to air out but I'm just saying, like... I mean, you are. See, that sucks. Because it wasn't anything. Oh, what did you... You and Lindsay have more history? I... No, no, no. You know, nothing happened, as I just said. But, like, the night of the wedding, you know, she did sleep in my room. You know, but I didn't know that her and Carl were... Like, she didn't even tell me then. Well, let me ask you a question. Did you guys just go to bed? It just sucks up because I told some people this in confidence, and now it's spreading, and it's, like, very disappointing. Yeah, but did you you just go to bed? Yeah. Well, Um, you guys didn't do anything, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, we didn't do do anything. We didn't kiss. We didn't... It's irrelevant. So, Lindsay did touch my dick at, you know, Kyle and Amanda's wedding. Like, it happened, but I didn't do anything wrong. We ordered, like, a pizza or something. So what? And fell asleep. Like, I'm just trying to get back into a good place with Lynn, so I don't want to get into it. Have fun. All right, let's get into Winter House. I feel like it's getting juicier as the episodes go by. Complicated, uh, a lot of gray areas, a lot of not very gray areas. And I'm looking at you, Austin, for this one, but let's get into it. So the episode begins with Jason asking Lindsay to have a private conversation. So if y'all don't know what happened... Jason and Lindsay met on the first season of Winter House and on last season of Summer House, Lindsay announced, she also announced it on her Instagram that she had a miscarriage from a pregnancy that she had with Jason. So they've not really had a conversation about much since it appears. And now Lindsay's moved on with Carl and Jason's just feeling very unresolved about the whole situation. So When they sit down, Jason says, listen, I just need you to know that some of your actions have um, unintentional consequences. When you decided to give our story to the public and I wasn't involved at all, my family's calling me. I don't know what's going on. I thought you would have at least had the decency or respect to let me know that you're going to go ahead and release that information. And I thought I would have had a moment to have my say and what was going on with me. So... Lindsay is just kind of looking at him and she just very flatly is like, okay. And then she says, look, there's no handbook for how to handle situations like this. This is the first time I'd even gotten pregnant. For most women, this time is absolutely terrifying. And then she says that she actually did give Jason a heads up that she was going to share the news publicly. But then Justin's like, you know, I didn't know it was going to hit the media outlets and you were quoted in these articles. I didn't get a quote. And Lindsay's like, listen, I'm not in control of that. So here's what I think. Well, first of all, Lindsay says in a confessional that Jason's not even acknowledged anything that she went through. And she's had a lot of work to do with regards to her body on her end that has nothing to do with him. And so, okay, so my assumption as to what happened is that they stopped talking. And then Lindsay said that, hey, I'm going to talk about this on Instagram or on the show. And then things got picked up by, like, you know, different publications. They reached out to her for comment, but didn't reach out to him. And so he felt like 
I can see how from his perspective, he felt like maybe she was selling this story or maybe, I don't know, something like that. But I think she's trying to explain to him, like, they reached out to me because they saw what I said and I spoke in kind. So I have to say that I'm kind of on both of their sides with this whole situation. Like, I'm always going to be on the woman's side when it comes to, you know, a miscarriage because... As she said, you know, there's a physical toll that he'll never understand that she has to go through, you know, on top of the emotional toll that they both can share, right? Um, But on the other hand, I can see from Jason's perspective, if he just wasn't considering, oh, she's a celebrity and maybe she just said, hey, I'm going to post this on Instagram or maybe she posted on Instagram because she talked to him on the show, I don't, whatever, but... I think he did not expect the news to pick it up. And I do think there is like a slight difference between an Instagram post or even her talking about on the show and your family's ability to Google your name and all these articles are coming up that I I can kind of understand. I think like they weren't really able to have a direct conversation because That would be breaking a lot of fourth walls, which honestly I would have appreciated because it would make a lot more sense to me as an audience member. But as it stands, I I get both of their points. I do. So Lindsay is like, okay, well, I'm really sorry that I didn't give you a heads up. And you can tell that Lindsay's pissed, but she's not trying to get activated. We'll see. Jason ends up telling Rachel that he spoke to Lindsay and he feels like this big weight is off his chest. But then Lindsay tells Carl that she's not okay because she feels like maybe Jason has memory loss or something and he's trying to attack her character. Now, I think on top of that, we also have to consider the timeline of this being the Lindsay and Austin making out episodes and, you know, the falling out that happened become because of that. It's like currently airing on Bravo as they're in the house. So... You know, I think a lot of things that happen are painted with that, if you know what I mean. Like, we're visualizing this with this lens. (laughs) I gotta find my words. I'm going to one day, I promise. I I really do. (laughs) So then, you know, I actually kind of thought, I don't know, maybe, did you guys pick up on this? I, I, maybe, I think I might be the only one. But, so Lindsay says... You know, Carl, well, sorry. So Lindsay tells Carl what happened, right? Carl tells Lindsay, you didn't do anything poorly. And I was at the front lines to see it. And I just feel like you communicated as best as you could, given the circumstances, which to me didn't necessarily feel like he agreed with how she handled it a hundred percent, but he's going to, you know, that's my girl and I'm going to stick beside her, which is, you know, nice. I still don't like them, you guys. (laughs) If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
<laughs> I still don't like them. Well, it's not that I don't like them. I don't. I just don't get it. I, maybe it's more fair to say I just don't. I'm not feeling it. I'm trying to feel it. And yet nothing. Nothing's happening for me. So then we see Corey go up to Jessica because the rest of the house is just chilling. And she's like, gosh, I just feel awkward. Everybody else is so funny and they have fun with each other. And I just don't know what to say. And I want to jump in, but I feel awkward. And Corey has to be like, woo, woo, woo. You're fine. You're perfect. You're Linda Evangelista. Like, don't worry about it. Let's be social. Corey is getting tired of Jessica. <laughs> and I don't mean to laugh. But I probably will. So then we see Rachel and Jason. They're like trying to have a cute moment cuddling on the couch. But Luke ruins it by being like, hey, guys, uh, I was working on a little ditty on my guitar. Um, do you guys want to help me with the lyrics? And they're like, like now? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Finally, he gets a hint and goes up to eat some Subway soup. Thank God. They get back to cuddling. And then Jessica continues her reign of insecurities by telling Corey while they're in bed cuddling that she still feels really unsure about whether or not Corey wants to talk to her. Um, And then she like gets uncomfortable and Corey's like, what did I ever do to make you feel like I didn't want to talk to you? So Jessica's like, well, I just, I just don't want to think about you going back home and being like a fuck boy and hanging out with all these girls and you see me when you want to see me but you know I'm not really that serious to you like you know what Austin did to Sierra right and then she goes you know I usually have the upper hand with guys because I don't sleep with them but now that we've done it I'm just so scared I'm so scared Corey says in a confessional that he thinks it's too early to say that his heart is in it after less than a week of knowing each other but also, like, if he told his mom he was in love with this girl, she'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you talking about? You know, Corey was talking a big game in the early uh, episodes about how he grew up with his mom and sisters. And so he learned how to play the game and how to treat women the opposite of how Craig treats women or uh, Luke treats women. And it's not any better. He's it, not any better. He, like, give, gave her this long game so that he could have sex with her and now that she's really feeling him he's like oh um you know i mean she is being weird make no mistake she's definitely being weird about this but also like bro you should have not had sex with her if you just wanted somebody to have fun with in the house as it seems like what you want to do because like with the luke thing clearly he knew Corey. If you know so fucking much, you would have known that the fact that she felt so uncomfortable with Luke touching her probably would indicate that she took intimacy, physical intimacy, sex very seriously and like probably wasn't going to be doing it with people she didn't really like. And so, you know, boo on you for that. The next morning, the, you know, grandparents... Charlie Bucket's grandparents, a.k.a. Paige, Amanda, Craig, and Sierra, they're all in bed. And Amanda, like, Amanda has no storyline of her own. She's just like, so, hey, guys, let's talk about this subject. So she asks about what everybody thinks about Carl and Lindsay. And I actually found this very fascinating because it's one thing for, you know, Austin to have whatever stupid opinion. But it just felt like Kyle, especially, and Sierra were like not wanting to say things because they like Carl so much, but also weren't really feeling the relationship. I mean, Kyle got more into it. Um, but I think that is actually really fascinating and it makes me more excited for summer house. So Sierra's like, honestly, out of the whole thing, I'm just surprised that Lindsay's not drinking anymore. And I think that is a great look for her. And I think she should continue to not drink. And then Craig's like, yeah, she didn't bother me at all last night. I'm like, Craig, okay, you were uh, smashing glasses and pumpkins and, and threatened to throw people out of windows like two days ago. Let's let's not get too high in your pillow horse right now. This is another reason why I think Craig and Paige are a good match. Now, make no mistake, it doesn't mean I think that they're like good people or that they should be um, having camaraderie in this. But I do think that there are two people who both like to sit in bed and talk shit about people and gossip. They're two little chatty patties. <laughs> and I think that is a real connection for them. So then Paige mumbles, yeah, well, I heard they secured their timeline with October too. And then Paige says in a confessional, 
All I heard at Kyle and Amanda's wedding was that Lindsay and Carl were giving it another shot. So I took that as they were dating, but now they're saying that they started being official in the beginning of October. I think that Lindsay knew Austin that was going to spill the beans at one point in time or another. And so it was going to come out that they slept together at Kyle and Amanda's wedding. So honestly, I'm impressed. This is really good PR for herself. I should hire her. Austin goes to Carl and Lindsay's room to get some towels because he gave up his room for them, right? And Lindsay says she's not feeling awkward towards Austin because she knows that their relationship has already changed since what happened on Watch What Happens Live. So during this thing, Andy asked uh, Austin a bunch of questions. Lindsay was in the audience. It was basically like, who's better, uh, Lindsay or Sierra? Who's a better kisser? Who's a better cuddler? Who's more attractive? You know, whatever. Just like shitty questions. And he asked, he answered Sierra for all of them. So Lindsay's sitting in the audience, really embarrassed. And she and Austin have not had any sort of conversation about that since then. So Lindsay asks Carl if he's feeling awkward. And he's like, no, I'm just feeling really confident in us. And I, this turns into a cute moment of them being like, love you, babe. Love you, babe. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. The ho- the house then breaks into two. Some of them go ice fishing. Some of them go to the bar. Jessica has another Jessica moment by saying that she always wanted to go ice fishing, but she just couldn't figure out, like, how do the fish not freeze down there? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, I, I'm constantly shocked by the reminder that Jessica's 24. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, The main thing we get from these scenes is basically a tale of two women. As Rachel is talking about how today was the first day she was really excited about seeing Jason. They're taking things slow. It's not how she usually does things. But she's really, excuse me, starting to get excited about him. Jessica's like, I'm in love. And she's doing the love math to make it all justified in her head of hers. And she's like, you know, I just feel like a day in this house is two weeks in the real world. And so it's been six days. So that's two months. It's, <clears throat> it's three months, Jessica. Six times two is 12. That's divided by four. That's three. Anyway, um, she's like, we're in love. You know, it, I don't care that I say that I'm, I love him because, you know, that's technically two months. And so that's not weird. The math ain't mathin' for anybody in any regard except for Jessica. And I think it's important that we all keep that in mind, including her. Including her. So Carl, no, sorry. Corey has a conversation with Craig about how he's noticing that Jessica seems to be wanting to push him away. She keeps calling him a fuckboy. And he's like, she's texting other dudes right now. I kind of feel like we're where we should be in terms of our level of commitment. So then Kyle, Luke, and Carl have a conversation about Lindsay. And Kyle asks Carl, what was the moment for you? Was it just one aha moment where you're like, I love this girl? Or was it a gradual thing over time? So Carl tells the incredibly romantic story. And if you go to Lindsay's um, Instagram, you can see the outfit and hair reference that he was talking about. That they lived in, before they got together, they lived in the same apartment building. Um, he says he was working from home. Lindsay came and knocked on his door and took his breath away. He, she was wearing this hot Barbie pink outfit and she had this high ponytail. And you know what? He thought, damn, hours later, I'm going to use this to jerk off to. And that's how he knew he was in love with her. <laughs> I mean, Nancy Myers. Could never. Both Lindsay and Carl say that they're really over the moon happy, but Kyle says that the whole thing's kind of a mindfuck for him because back during Halloween, he and Carl went on a work trip and Carl kind of confided in him about Lindsay's drinking and how it was too out of control for him. And if it continued down that path, that they, he was going to have to break things off. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is like, that big of a deal because if we really want to get into the timeline of it since everybody seems to want to even if they did get together at the end of september by halloween that's five weeks so if five weeks in a sober person is like hey i'm dating this person who's not sober and i don't know if i can handle it i just don't think that there's a big scandal there five weeks into dating i don't know i just don't think that that's that big of a deal 
Now, Kyle says that his concern is what is going to happen to them when Lindsay starts to drink again. But, I mean, that's a question for them to figure out if she starts drinking again. You know, like, that's that's on her. I don't know. And also, I feel like Lindsay told everybody that Carl said that he was struggling and she made the decision to not drink. So, I, I don't know. I think this is, even though I don't see them as a couple, I think that there's is a lot of, like fuss about things that don't really matter that much so then everybody gets home somehow kyle has managed to procure a saber to cut a bottle of prosecco which was actually a very clean and impressive cut for somebody for the first time kyle just this is why i love kyle is that he just will yell things like i'm a real man (laughs) with no sense of irony whatsoever then kyle says in a confessional that last winter house he was super stressed he was working at the same time as being in the house, but now he's able to be at a place with Loverboy that people can handle things without him being there. And he's not worried about the ship sinking. So he's doing great. Good for you, Kyle. So Sierra goes downstairs to where Luke and Austin are sleeping. And she's drunk. And for some reason, she has her sunglasses tucked into the back of her jeans, but whatever. Um, so they're, like, all talking. She's seemingly having a great time kikiing with these boys. And Austin starts complaining about how he didn't want to go ice fishing. So Luke makes mention of, you know, their ice fishing is like a relationship. You have to be patient. And Sierra goes, oh, God, do we always have to go to this? Do we always have to go back to this shit? And then Sierra starts to complain in this confessional about how, oh, why am I stuck with these two? Sleepy and dopey over here. Uh, I'm always stuck with my ex-boyfriends. Like, bitch, you're the one who came down to their bedroom to talk shit with them. So I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you can't put the shackles on yourself and ask why you're here, girl. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Also, the other reason why they're around is because Austin keeps, you keep, you keep allowing Austin to play the fuck out of you. Plays you like a Stradivarius violin. And that's a really expensive one. Did you guys know that I used to play violin? <laughs> like seven years. I'm classically trained, y'all. Oh my God. Do you guys want to hear something so embarrassing? <laughs> okay. So my, the town that I grew up in has a fall festival. I'm assuming you guys know what that is. It's like, you know, there's food and music. There's a parade, right? So I used to, <laughs> I used to be a cheerleader. You know, it's just typical. The first we had, I would march in the parade as a cheerleader, right? But then when I started playing violin in high school, our conductor had the great idea to do a moving parade orchestra. So we're having, I'm talking like, 17-year-old boys with uh, full-size basses attached to their bodies with, like, a, like, I think they just attach them with a belt or something. (laughs) It was a really bad idea. (laughs) But I did that for, God, maybe four years. Oh, God. Four years of that parade. That is so embarrassing. (laughs) He did slightly make it up to us by, he was able to, Big Boy from Outcast hired an orchestra to perform at his wedding. And so he was part of that, uh, you know, quartet or whatever. And so he taught us how to play uh, So Fresh, So Clean on the violins when he got back. And, you know, that was really a special moment. You might be wondering, like, Carrie, you really sound like a fucking nerd. And I would agree. I do sound like one, but I did well. I did well socially. Don't worry about me. I I was fine. (laughs) Okay, now, okay, just one more memory, because this one really hit me. Oh, my God. Poor girl. Every year. Every year, Miss Cindy's Dance Studio, which is like the local big dance studio at the time, would have these performances, right? They would have like their recital at the fall festival every year. This girl would perform. And we knew she would throw up. She would throw up and she would come off the stage every year she would do it. Why even bother? Why do this? Why go through this multiple years in a row? We, you know you're going to puke on the stage, girl. Why? <laughs> that honestly happened maybe at least three years in a row. God bless. Okay, I'm done. Ooh, okay, so let's talk about Austin just manipulating the shit with Sierra, and she didn't even realize it. So, oh my God, Sierra asked Austin if she got the if he got the chance to talk to Lindsay yet, and he's like, no. 
So Luke's like, oh, he doesn't know what's going on at this point, right? He's like, oh, I talked to Carl while we were ice fishing. And he was like really into the fact that he and Lindsay are so in love. And I'm really happy for them. And Sarah goes, oh, we're in love? We're there now? And Luke says, yeah, of course they're in love. Is that not obvious to you guys? It sounds like you have something to say. Like, finally, things are clicking with Luke. But Sierra's like, listen, I'm really happy for Carl. If he feels like he's in a good place, that's amazing. I have nothing but mad respect for that guy. And so Luke's like, okay, well, what about Lindsay? She's like, I just don't have a relationship with her, right? Very diplomatic. So Sierra, here's where she allows herself to get played by Austin. So Luke says, I could definitely see Carl and Lindsay getting married. And Sierra says, I don't know. I just think that's kind of crazy. So Austin starts to smile and he goes, why? Seriously, Sierra? Seriously? So Sierra throws her hands up and is like, bro, literally the whole house is talking about it. But Luke still doesn't know exactly what. So Austin goes, well, just tell him then, Sierra. And Sierra, go on, girl. (laughs) He said, go on, girl. So Sierra goes, you've already said it. And he goes, said what? You motherfucker, what have I said? He's such a bitch. Oh, oh my God. So Luke turns to Austin and he goes, what, do you have like a history with Lindsay or something? What's going on? So Austin's like, no, 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 nothing happened. But, you know, the night of the wedding, she did sleep in my room and I didn't know about her and Carl then. So Luke goes, did you guys go to bed? And Austin goes, well, it just sucks because I told people in confidence, but it's spreading. You know, everybody now knows about the story has been told by Austin. Everybody in this house has been told by Austin. If you're worried about it spreading... Hello? You're the peanut butter jelly bitch. Like, what do you mean? You've told half of this house, (laughs) gleefully. Nobody's told anybody. Because they didn't have to. Because you went in, like, groups of people, like, on a tour around the house telling people shit. Luke asks Austin again if he and Lindsay just went to bed. And he says, yeah. So Luke's like, okay, well, it doesn't sound like you have anything to worry about. So, what does this matter? Oh, my God. So Austin's like, yeah, I mean, I didn't kiss her or anything. But in a confessional, he goes, Lindsay, you know, she did touch my dick at the wedding. You know, it happened, but I didn't do anything wrong. I'm just trying to get back in a good place with Lindsay. So I just don't want to get into it. So then why are you telling people what happened? Like, he does this shit all the time. He sets fires and is like, oh, my God. I have to extinguish this. I'm getting burned. He is not friends with Amanda, Paige, certainly not Sierra, and yet that's the exact people he went to because he knew in his stupid mind that they would be the ones who would, like, carry on this mission for him and cause all this drama so that he can, like, blame it on them somehow being gossipy rather than him being the gossip. So Luke, of course, tries to be a good friend to Lindsay to be like, hey, I need to talk to you without Carl right now. I just kind of feel like it's really unfair that the whole house knows something about you. And so Miss Drama Queen Austin tries to fake cut his neck when he goes down to the kitchen with Kyle's saber. And he's like, God, I'm so so stressed out. Like, oh my God, this whole house is talking about the wedding, dude. Like, oh. oh, I cannot. I really cannot. So Luke tells Lindsay, listen, I just want you to know so that you can settle things with these women. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. You see what I'm saying? He took the bait. 
So now Luke, Austin allowed Luke to think that this was something that the women were like gossiping about and that he had nothing to do with it. And that these women took this nothing story and like are just running wild talking shit about Lindsay for no reason. I do still think the whole timeline thing is stupid, but again, none of this would be happening if Austin didn't open his Muppet mouth. Luke says to Lindsay, um, you know, you shared a room with Austin after Kyle and Amanda's wedding. And Lindsay's like, yeah, we did. We ordered McDonald's or pizza or something. I didn't so much as hug him and we got into bed. Austin's in the kitchen saying that he didn't want to make a big deal of things. Ridiculous. And then Sierra says, well, I mean, I think I think it's a pretty big deal that at Kyle and Amanda's wedding, she wanted to try and fuck you. Austin goes, but I didn't say that. Quick cut to a flashback of Amanda point blank asking him, did Lindsay try to fuck you? And he says, yes. <laughs> Kyle's now understanding what's being said. And he's like picking up on it because he's heard the story before. He heard the story right after the wedding from Austin. So Kyle tells them, I'm just really nervous about Carl and Lindsay's relationship. Carl's my best friend. I just, you know, I just get nervous about what he could be getting into with Lindsay. And then Kyle says in a confessional that he got a lot of text messages the day after his wedding, but he specifically remembers a text from Austin and the details about the McDonald's and the grabbing of the dick. And he's like, listen, I would just understand if she was just wasted and like hit on him, but that it sounds like more than that happened. Lindsay says in a confessional that those girls slut shamed her all last summer and they're trying to keep doing that with her when nothing happened. So Austin's still moping in the kitchen and Craig asks him the million dollar question of what did you think was going to happen? And so Austin goes, well, I thought you guys would be better friends to me. Fuck. <laughs> He's ridiculous. And then in a confessional, he's like, I'm trying to sort out my relationship and my friendship with Lindsay. And this is the last thing that I wanted to talk about. It's like the first thing you wanted to talk about. Then Austin turns to Sierra and goes, I thought you would be a better friend. Like, I know we're working on things, but damn. <laughs> the audacity. The absolute gall of this man. To act like he has no idea why this is being done to him. Girl. So Lindsay ends up telling Carl immediately, saying like, you know, people are trying to start shit with our relationship and that Austin and Sierra have been talking, but Carl's like, you already know that I did this. You already know that I passed out in Austin's room with my clothes on. And then she says that Luke um, said that Austin's saying the same story as her, but now Sierra's trying to start shit. So now she fully thinks that like Sierra's trying to spin this into something, which is exactly what Austin wanted. Carl says something like, you know, very Travis Barker to Courtney. People get jealous when other people are happy. So Carl says in a confessional, he and Lindsay had a great time at the wedding. He was tired. He went back to his room to pass out. Lindsay told him immediately that she slept in Austin's room. And to him, it just sounded like a post-wedding feast. So Carl tells Lindsay, hey, listen, the people who are supportive of us are happy for us. And the other people are just trying to bring up shit from what? Six months ago? Don't worry about it. Jason makes dinner for everybody, but it's so awkward that people are just eating at the kitchen table in shifts to avoid each other. Amanda makes mention about how tense it is, but Paige is like, actually, I'm not feeling it as much today. <laughs> she looks over at Amanda, who's like, are you serious? She goes, oh. <laughs> so everybody goes to the bar and it's like Cuddle Fest 2002. We have Lindsay, or excuse me, Jessica and Corey. Sorry, you guys, I'm with a cat. That was... Just doing parkour. Just just to ruin this. Thanks a lot, Diego. Anyway, um, Jessica and uh, Corey are kissing each other. Corey keeps making mention of like, oh, I noticed you really like to hug for like five min minutes at a time, Jess. Wow, you really like to give me like lots of kisses right in succession, right in order. One after the other. You know, just dropping hints that, hey girl, you might be a little, you know, cool off. Cool off a bit. So Jessica just looks at him and she's like, you know, um, I love PDA. So that's what it is with, with me. If I like it, then you like it. <laughs> it's like, okay. 
Corey's able to break away by telling Jessica that he has to go pee. <laughs> so Carl Lindsay keeps saying, I love you, babe. I love you, babes, over some non-alcoholic beers. Rachel and Jason are holding hands at the bar. And she's like, kind of has an emotional moment saying that she's feeling overwhelmed watching all of these happy couples like Amanda and Paige. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that... Now she's, like, sort of feeling a little bit insecure. And then Rachel says in a confessional that she's feeling some type of way because she's got this beautiful man who's being respectful. He's moving at her pace, and it just makes her wonder if she should go for it. At at this point, Rachel, there's an old rule, like, if you have to... If you're on the fence about whether or not you find somebody attractive and you keep, like, mulling over, do I find them attractive or not, it's because you don't. So the fact that, like, yeah, I mean, Jason is a good on paper guy, but you're not attracted to him. So you keep being like, I'm wondering if I should go for this, even though he's incredibly nice and doing everything that I should want. It's not just the nice guy syndrome, I don't think. I think she just isn't into him, but she feels like she should be. Right? Paige goes to the bathroom and tells uh, Craig not to put anything, not to slip anything in her drink. Or maybe do. If he wants to, <laughs> then Austin's still pouting. Craig clocks it in a confessional. He's like, I think Austin shot himself in the foot again. He went to my room. He told Paige, Amanda and Sierra that Lindsay was trying to make advances on him. And so he has to tell Lindsay. So Austin finally decides to go over to Lindsay. And so Craig and Paige start acting like CNN or not ESPN, <laughs> ESPN sportscasters. Craig's like, She's not going to go. She's not going to talk to him. Look, she's not going to talk to him. Oh, she did. Oh, cool. Okay. So then Paige is like, see, clock that restless leg that Austin's got going on under that table, right? So Austin starts saying, well, you know, basically you and I haven't spoken for so long and I've, I've been meaning to talk to you ever since you got to the house. I'm just trying to apologize. You and I went from talking all the time to ceasing communication. And I know that it was a direct result of what I said. So... Then Lindsay says, I thought we were very in line over the summer. I thought we had fun at the wedding. Like, I'm not sure what's going on. But Austin says, listen, I know you have Carl. I'm really happy for you. But, I mean, I remember when you first told me that you guys got back together or that you guys got together in September. She goes, October. And he goes, okay, October. So (laughs) then he goes, Last time we saw each other, I just know, you know, the words and the way I said things were just harsh. And Lizzie's like, yeah, I was embarrassed. And Austin's like, I, you know, that's the last thing that I was trying to do to you, except for I was just trying to do it to you yesterday until I decided that that was probably a bad idea. But up until the last 45 minutes, I have never tried to do that to you ever in life. Not, not once. Not once. <laughs> And so Lindsay's like, you know, there's, first he says, first Austin says, there's a lot of love between us. And, you know, I just felt like I couldn't call you up in this situation. I had to apologize to you in person and not give you some run of the mill apology and just move on. So Lindsay's like, I appreciate that because listen, people ask me if I think I'll ever be friends with you again. And I say yes, because shit happens in relationships. And so Austin says he's sorry again, and they hug. Lindsay says, truly famous last words, I appreciate you for being so genuine. I mean, this man has lied. He has played Lindsay several times, as well as Sierra. And now he's kind of doing it with Olivia. He's diabolical. I want him off of Bravo. I really do. So Austin says in a confessional, I knew I had to apologize to Lindsay, but I just didn't want to bring up the dick touch thing because I just don't want to go there. Monster. Jessica continues to tell Corey that they will be kissing all of the time. Just so you know. And the episode ends with Austin sitting down with Amanda and Sierra. And he goes, look, I can only apologize for one thing at a time. So (laughs) I did the first apology and Craig says, Craig and Kyle scurry over. They're like, oh, what's going on? Craig goes, "Um, are you talking about the wedding night? So then Austin goes, no. Craig says, somebody's going to have to tell Carl what's going on. Like, this is wild. Everybody's been talking about it and he should know. 
So Austin goes, I've been waiting to have this conversation about Watch What Happens Live for so long with Lindsay. And Craig says, Austin, listen, Carl is convinced that you guys just had McDonald's and that was it. Does she know that he stayed over? She stayed over? Like, whatever? What's going on? And Sierra goes, if you would have let her, would she have fucked you? And so Austin gets all upset and he's like, what does it matter to you guys? And Kyle's like, well, I think it's about making sure that Carl's just in the know. So Craig asks Austin, are you trying to protect Lindsay in this moment? Or are you trying to protect yourself? Like, you're not trying to protect yourself, right? You're trying to protect Lindsay? <laughs> he's trying to give Austin an out, but he couldn't, he couldn't even do it. So the girls get up to leave and Kyle tells Austin, like, hey... If you guys don't have anything to hide, then you should both feel comfortable saying something to Carl, if that's what we're talking about, and just be done with it. So Amanda goes over to this random table with Paige and Jessica, and Amanda's pissed off. She's like, I could knock this table over right now. Jessica, of course, has no idea what's going on. She's like, yeah, me too. I'm so drunk. I could knock this table over too. So Amanda tells Paige that Austin just apologized for everything else, so Carl still doesn't know that Lindsay grabbed Austin's dick. So Paige goes, that's really shitty. And if she found out, if I, like, putting herself in Lindsay's shoes, if I found out that the day that Craig and I were going to be official, uh, that he had touched some woman's vagina and I didn't find out until now, I would break up with him. Like, today. Immediately. Okay, I mean, I don't... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair. I don't know. I mean... It's so tangled because I do feel like Paige is sort of enjoying this. But also, Austin is just unequivocally wrong. Like, he did this whole thing real fucked up. He is not a friend to Lindsay. He's not a friend to anybody. He's barely a friend to himself. And it's really wild to see him, like, do this weird, like, intentionally blowing his life up stuff. And then act like he is a victim to his own actions and behaviors and chatty patty it doesn't make sense to me. He's He needs to be studied by somebody else because I don't have the time. <laughs> right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. We'll be back with an explosive episode of Sister Wives on Wednesday and then our Housewives on Friday, y'all. Um-